Double, double, toil and trouble. Some topics discussed may make people uncomfortable. For fair is foul and foul is fair. On this podcast, we will definitely swear. A lot. Now round the cauldron go. Trigger warnings listed in the notes below. Thrice and once the hedge pig whined. The cocktails cry. It's time. It's time. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Maiden, mother, crone. Plot twist, we're all the crone. The stories aren't all made up and the points don't matter. Welcome listeners to The Weird Sisters, a podcast about the blurst and bizarre and all the things you are happier not knowing about. I am your sun, moon and rising sign and your birth chart says, you're fucked. Tay! I am a bejeweled sex toy, Laura. And I am four really horrible ways to die, Lacey. I looked up my sun, moon, and rising sign last night with JD. <gasps> so did I. <laughs> I don't know the exact time of my birth, um, but he was like, it's so me. It was perfectly me. So I was like, all right, I'll do mine. Yeah. And I looked it up and my birth certificate does not say the exact time I was born, but my mum thinks it might be sometime between 3 and 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And we're reading it and he was just like, this sounds really nasty. All of this makes you sound terrible. I'm like, it's accurate. It's accurate. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. The, the, usually there's like a mix of good and bad. Mine was all like, you're cruel, you're cold, but you make people think that you're really nice and warm. You're not popular. Oh, oh, um, Jesus. Nobody really likes you. You will be miserable in love all of your life. Don't get married young. Um, if you do get married when you're older, don't have kids because you'll be a terrible parent. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Perfect. I looked up mine because um, mm-hmm. my dad knew the time I was born. So I was born at 4.40 in the afternoon. Yeah, really convenient baby. In the afternoon, mum got a good sleep after. Really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, That's beautiful. And I didn't, I was like, okay, Pisces, Taurus, Virgo, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, But I didn't look up or bother to read what that actually meant. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I'll have to do that. Well, yeah. I tried. Look, I did did all the work and then I was like, no, there's like pages of stuff. All the work yeah. with none of the payoff. That's the best part. <laughs> Maybe it's just me because I'm super vain, but I'm like, yes, what does this large document say about me? Because <laughs> I got I my know. I got my birth chart wrong. So for ages I thought I was because I'm a Libra sun, I'm a Gemini moon, and I thought I was a Sagittarius rising. Um, but apparently I wasn't born at 8.30 in the morning. It was the evening, or it's the other way around, because I'm actually um, Libra Sun, Gemini Moon, uh, Taurus Rising. Um, and I used to think it was really cool that I was two airs and a fire sign, but now I'm two airs and an earth sign, which makes a lot more sense as someone who um, is very indulgent and likes to just be at home because that are things that Tauruses like to do. So I can uh, see why that's Well, I thing. know nothing <laughs> about that thing. I know nothing about it at all. But I do know that now I am a Sun Virgo, a... Uh, Moon Aries, I think it is, and mm. then a rising Cancer, and it all means <laughs> I'm a terrible cancer. fucking person. I am a Cancer. I don't even are... need to be emerging. I just am. <laughs> cancers as a sign are very good, though. I think that that's one of the better, in terms of like Instagram culture around star signs, which is where I get all of my zodiac. <laughs> Love it. It's uh, one... yeah, Cancers are supposed to be like one of the top tier signs. 
apparently. JD has been very upset because he keeps seeing stuff about how Libra men suck. Like, everyone hates Libra <laughs> men suddenly, and he's like, I'm a Libra man. Nah. It's very sad for hates. him. I'm biased. All Libras are good. We're very good. We're very My indulgent, and we're... We were all about balance and we're all about balancing indulgence and everything else, which means that the indulgence side of the scale is always all the way down and everything else is all the way up because treat yourself. <laughs> anyway, speak, speaking of star signs and star charts. Oh, yes. Ooh. I have a story for you. Yes, please. It's all centered around the theme of this week, which is odd and unusual murder weapons. So gone over everyone's star sign. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we know that there are certain flaws and connotations that come with being a Libra man or a Cancer rising. <laughs> but would you commit murder because of it? Yes, definitely. <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> well, Florida man did. Yes, Florida man. Oh, yes, Florida yes. man. Okay, so we've Lacey got, is Florida man. Florida we've got Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> so the Florida man of this week's name is Darius Johnson. And he was living with his girlfriend, Monica Gooden, in Lauderhill, Florida. So young couple. Mm-hmm. He's 22. She's 20. He's working like fast food. He's a manager. She's putting herself through uni. Nice. Getting a teaching degree. She's babysitting, doing all the good stuff. Yep. Two kids, living life. So in 2011, um, two years prior to when this story took place, which is 2013. So they're about mm-hmm. 18 and 20. Um, the couple falls oh God, pregnant. so young. Yeah, right? So the couple falls pregnant. And they have mm-hmm. a baby boy who they very sadly lost after a, a month. His name was DJ, mm. Darius Jr. after yeah. his father. Um, so after that, he said that the couple had like a super rocky relationship and they fought pretty often, which is not great, but mm. as life goes on. It can be expected, yeah. can't it? Like, no, definitely. Yeah, it's a traumatic experience. 100%. Um, especially after like the child is born. They didn't just lose it. They did all the work yeah. and then he passed away. Awful. Um, okay. So it's Easter weekend and the police stopped Darius on Northwest 55th Avenue, which is where he lives. Um, cool. He's injured and he's bleeding. He's a little bit wobbly on his feet. So the police bring him in because he's a bleeding man on the street. They provide him medical treatment, um, assuming maybe, hey, maybe he's just a lark and having too much fun on the long weekend, right? Mm. Been there, done that. Mm. Well, there was also an alleged robbery in the area and the police wanted to know what was up because there's a bleeding man walking the streets. Is this a thing? Yeah. So, while while getting seen to, it is discovered that Darius has several minor stab wounds. Uh, Ding! So this may be a suspect in our robbery case. Who does that? So the police questioned Darius further as he's being treated, like cleaning him up, stitching him up, and they're like, hey, What's, what's going on, mate? And he says, I had a fight with my girlfriend. Mm. Um, quote, she's in heaven. I think I've killed her. <gasps> that sounds bad. Yeah, so that's a direct quote. Um, so the police investigate the couple's home. And at 5 p.m. on Easter Sunday, Monica Gooden's body is found. Oh. So officers followed a trail of blood from the living room to the bedroom and she was violently beaten and her oh and by her side was a broken bloodied xbox 360 console oh <gasps> what fuck that would yes. have taken so long yeah so police also discovered multiple stab wounds to her neck back chin and stomach 
but her oh body was completely beaten to a pulp with this 360 controller and the the I mean the controller console and the whole thing was like <laughs> super broken so like yeah, she's just gone to <laughs> absolute town um little side note I was going through my research with Tim <laughs> last night and he said well I guess that brings a whole new meaning to the red ring of death I had a good chuckle about that one. <laughs> Go away, yeah, Tim. Tim. <laughs> no. I liked it. Bloody simp. It is funny. It is funny. Um, her t- <laughs> did you just call yourself a simp? I did. <laughs> I oh liked it. Um, so, poor Monica. Back to poor Monica and her stabbed chin and stomach and bloodied head. Um, her time oh. of death was 6am that Sunday. And they what had... What time was he found? Uh, around 5 p.m. Ooh. Yes, so like late in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Monica did not have any defense wounds to her hands or front. So he's come oh. at her from behind and she's gone down yeah. before she can really have a chance to fight back, which is dirty, mate. That is yep. foul play. I mean, none of this is no. good. No. no. But that's particularly bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's, Darius is placed under arrest and questioning begins. Mm-hmm. He said that he would, that, so he said that she wouldn't die and that killing her was to quote, like fighting a dragon. <gasps> no. And that he felt like a man after he'd finished murdering her. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. No. Not great. No. Um, so this is where it starts to get weird. This is where I decided... This is going to be my story. First, I saw Xbox 360 as a murder weapon, and I'm like, yes. And then I saw this part, and I was like, tick, chef's kiss. It's going in the pod. Um, <laughs> so Darius claimed that his spirit is being controlled by Monica. And oh. the only way for them to be free was for him to sacrifice someone born under the Taurus Zodiac. Ooh. Oh. He supposedly okay. spent hours thinking about who he would kill. <laughs> Hours. So, he's, so hours, hours. So he's sitting there and he's he's stewing over it and he's like, who should I? Scrolling through who? Facebook, seeing who's a Taurus. Like, yeah, yeah, when were you born? <laughs> exactly. Like his family say he had no prior history of violence or crime. Um, that they know of. So like, yeah, that they know of. So it's kind of like, well, where, where did this premeditation come from? I feel like if you have siblings, then immediately you have a prehistory of violence and crime because the shit that I've talked about this before, yeah. but the shit that I have enacted and my siblings have enacted upon me and the things I witnessed at my friend's house, it's not like I'm particularly bloodthirsty as a child or now. Um, yeah, you, you just, you hurt each other. Mm-hmm. It's just what you do. JD like used to wrestle his little siblings and they're significantly younger than him. Like he used to throw me. them in shit. Yeah. <laughs> Toss them around. Yeah. yeah. Mitch and Mitch. They and just bounce. They That's what happens to children. Kids they do bounce no, though. The rubber bone. Yeah. yeah. Mitch and his brother used to over. play. It's like so hard off the wall. Yeah. Mitch and like, his brother used to um throw darts at each other. Oh fuck. <laughs> Actually, who did that? I think my my mum and her siblings did that. Someone threw a dart and it got them in the forehead. Oof. Which, as being a child in the 70s, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's It's not even enough blood to go to the doctor. No. (laughs) Um, 
I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the pod, but uh, my sister has a very large metal screw in her foot because of a fight that we had when we were kids, and I have a huge scar down my throat as a result of it as well. <laughs> Cyborg! There's a little yeah, bit of metal exactly. in her. <gasps> There's a little really bit cool. of metal in her. Uh, Cyberpunk 2020, my sister is way ahead of everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... If you have siblings and you weren't violent towards them, that indicates to me even more that you're probably a serial killer. Yeah, what were you violent towards (laughs) if not your siblings? Exactly. Small animals, lighting fires. (laughs) The new Halloween reboot. I need to see it. Exactly. Uh, uh, So, like, we have no prior history of violence that we know of. And then we jump to the burglary suspicions that happened um, earlier. So they turned out to be true. So he was, but it wasn't for a burglary, but it was still a break in Anna. Yeah. Um, so after killing Monica, Darius then broke into another woman's uh, house. Her name was Geraldine Price. Uh, it was a mm-hmm. condo like right near his apartment. And he repeatedly beat her in the face and body. She survived. She's alive. Because she didn't have an Xbox console in her house? Yeah. So yeah, his yeah. his prior weapon was was broken. He had a weapon degradation, so <laughs> he lost oh, it. Oh god! Um, but Geraldine's nephew, uh, his uh, Gerald Curtis, saw the attack, and he was like, "No, no, 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 no!" So this is a quote from him: "I tore open my blinds, and I see this guy jumping on my auntie, just throwing her everywhere and punching her and hitting her with a chair. Oh. And as he got closer, I just went stabbing at him." to back him off and to slow him down but he just kept coming so i just kept going and going so this is where i mean darius's stab wounds have come from yeah because Uh, she had no defensive wounds and didn't even know what had happened yeah Mm. and king gerald comes through with his fucking king gerald yeah yeah stab 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 (laughs) love so yeah yeah. so after that he calls the police but darius legs it um which brings us back to the start when we find Mm -hmm. him wandering the the streets so when questioned Mm -hmm. Um, about all of this, Darius rambled on about astrology and American Idol and sports. Okay. Okay. He said that he had considered sacrificing his grandfather among many other family members, but decided against it as his grandfather was too old and sickly and wouldn't have made a good sacrifice. Oh, okay. You have to kill the person that has your heart the most, he said, but I couldn't kill my mum. Which is... Is it is it sweet? No. 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 It's I don't not. know what it is. What is it? It's not that. <laughs> it's not sweet. No. Whatever it is. Is it meth um, though? Is it meth? <laughs> I don't know. There was no. So I read a bunch of uh, very Florida man esque uh, articles about this from various Florida news sites, and there was no mention of drugs or alcohol involved in any of those articles. So who knows? Um, but Pri- Price also claimed that Darius had been rambling about a pink elephant as he beat her. Um, the so there's some kind of f- something going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then some quotes from Darius after the fact that this all happened. Um, I had to go through with this in order for me to be the person who I am. I am Satan. But nobody said Satan was bad. Yeah, they did. Son. Uh. They did. <laughs> there are plenty of people who disagree with you there. Maybe yeah. not the three sisters. It's like a whole book on it. Yeah, maybe not, maybe not <laughs> us. But, yes. uh, yeah. We've read Memnock the Devil. We yes. have read Memnock the Devil. <laughs> What's up, 
LaVey. Yeah. Um, But at the end of all of this, which is the real kicker, this, it just, is just the, the, the ribbon and bow on top of the whole package that is this fucking shit show. Monica Gooden was not born under the Taurus zodiac. Oh, she wasn't even a Taurus. (laughs) What the fuck? Well, that's why it didn't work. That's why it's not, you know, actually safe. Yeah. He fucked up. Essentially. Maybe she protected us. Maybe she, like, told him she was Taurus knowing his <gasps> terrible deed. No, that's... Uh, I'm sad. I'm really sad. <laughs> or it just shows that he was a shitty boyfriend that didn't even know his fucking girlfriend's Zodiac. <laughs> I bet that was it. Yeah. I bet he's just like, oh, yeah, she's uh, October 22nd. She's like, um, no, Honey. but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, at the end of all of this, Darius has been sent to life in prison. Um, as far as I know, he's Good. still in prison. Still nice. Sure? Um, <laughs> Who knows? Fuck, that doesn't ever mean anything anymore from no. what I've been reading. No. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll hope he's still there just because I wouldn't... I have... I, no. I've got, <laughs> I've got Taurus in my Zodiac now. I don't want... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him out. I'm Taurus rising. I don't want to... <laughs> no, thank you. He'll try again. He will. He's back at it again. The Zodiac Slasher. Um, no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't jest. But I. No, it's a little bit silly, isn't it? Um, it's fucking insane. It, it is insane. It's buck wild. And that is why it's on our list. Uh, sources. Short and sweet one for you today, my friends. Uh, we've got Sun Sentinel. We have NBC Miami, Huffington Post, and Complex.com. And that is the story of Darius Johnson, the man who killed his girlfriend. With an Xbox 360. What the fuck? I know. Well, oh, great. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. That's really sad. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for your story, though. Oh, you're welcome. I had a lot a of fun time. retelling it. Uh, a murder weapon is definitely, like, as far as murder weapons go, plastic and, you know, a little bit of wiring seems innocuous enough that I wouldn't have expected it. So good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I have a story for you. Please. Yes. Little bit, a little bit more intimidating than an Xbox 360. Um, <laughs> but I do want to put out a wee little No, Laura, what have you done? My stories. I'm sorry. Oh my God. It's not, it's not, this time it's just because there is some hate speech that is used okay. that is necessary for me to tell the story. Okay. Um, so I want to make sure that anyone who might not want to hear some derogatory language, I will give you a note before I say it. Um, just because it only sort of pops up the ones that I have to say it and then I can just refer to it for the rest of the story. Uh, but just in case anyone didn't want to hear some uh, hate speech towards homosexual people, I will let you know. Cool. So cool. I decided to do um, a certain gentleman called Ramon, uh, but we'll get to him in a minute and I will set the scene for you. Wonderful. So it's 8.30 a.m., on October 31st yes. uh, in 1968. I knew you would Ooh. like that. Spooky, scary, Well, Edward Weaver had a fucking terrible morning that Halloween because uh, he is a business manager for Ramon uh, and he lets himself into the house of um, aging actor Ramon Navarro in his Laurel Canyon home and he instantly is concerned. Uh, his employer's home is a complete Hang- wreck. The furniture has been overturned. There are pictures ripped from the walls and bloodstains on the floor. I said, pause, pause. Uh, Ramon mm. Navarro, as in like the 
black and white classic movie star? Yes. Oh. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. So okay, yep, carry on. This like some people might know about this, but I had never heard of this before. Um so I was really excited to like come across this because oh. it's it's I've I've seen his movies, things. I haven't I don't know his life. Carry on. Oh, really? Oh, his movies are wonderful as well. Um mm. and we will talk about some of them, but very briefly. Cool, cool. Uh so Bloodstains on the floor, house is fucked. Um, in the bedroom, he finds Ramon and he finds his nude body. Oh. Uh, he is unfortunately been brutally murdered. He's been bludgeoned and tortured with a memento from one of his films, a cane. Um, but also another item, which we will get to in a minute for our mm. unusual murder weapon. Uh, his face and torso are especially beaten. The blood has dried, so the killer has happened. The killing has happened hours before he was found. Um, he has no known enemies and the house has not been broken into. There's no sign that anything has actually been like smashed or forced open. He apparently allowed his killers into the house. Mm. The bathroom mirror, and this is the point where I will be using a certain term that no one wants to really hear. But um, basically the bathroom mirror had words written upon it in a brown eyebrow pencil or grease pencil. And it said in capital letters, us girls are better than faggots. Right. Sorry, I hate using that word. It's horrible. But there you yeah. go. Um, so there's also on the bed written in ink the name Larry, and that is directly next to Ramon's body. Uh, so the autopsy found that – autopsy? Autopsy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that word anymore for some reason. Um, I've said it so many times. <laughs> um, it found that Ramon had died of asphyxiation, uh, but he had not been choked to death manually. He had choked to death on his own blood after a jeweled lead dildo had been shoved down his throat. <gasps> yeah. You don't want dildos <gasps> that have lead, lead or jewels on them. Yeah. No, you don't want either. You don't want either of those um, on a but dildo. This is alleged. This is alleged. Okay. Um, so I saw this like pop up a lot, and this is what obviously initially got me onto the case. Um, and I really wanted to talk about it after I found it, but it is not confirmed that he had been beaten or killed in any way with this jeweled lead dildo but it comes up a shitload and this is in the late 60s and people were fucking weird about sex toys about sex about anything to do with gay culture as well so like maybe it was like this maybe it wasn't the police have refused to speculate on the murder weapon Uh prudes but yeah exactly there you go (laughs) um so at the scene, uh, bloody clothing was found. There was a man's denim shirt, some pants, and some underwear that had been discarded on a neighbor's fence about 40 yards from the home. Um, at the time of his death, Ramon was 69 years old. Mm. So let's talk about who he was, because I think he is wonderful. Um, I've seen some of his films before and not really realized who he was. Uh, but he was born Jose Ramon Gil Samanego, uh, mm. and he was one of the really great... I know, it's a wonderful Beautiful. name. It's really nice. Rolls off the tongue. Mm. Um, but he was one of the early great film stars and, like, one of the very few that actually managed to transition from silent film to talkies yeah. and still remained, like, famous and liked and Ooh. really well-loved. Um, so he was a Mexican-American film star and he also acted in television. He was born in at the turn of the century in 1899 in Durango City in Mexico. Um, his family moved to Los Angeles basically to escape the Mexican resolution, uh, revolution, resolution, resolution, no revolution. revolution. Yep. It was not there a resolution. Was no... <laughs> it was a fucking afterwards. revolution. <laughs> um, and that happened in 1913. He was around about like 11 years old when they decided to bail on mm-hmm. that. 
Um, his family is actually really famous. They're very high status and influential. There's a lot of actors, doctors, and landowners that are very famous from around that time and then before and after his uh, sort of like generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and on his mother's side, supposedly, he was uh, descended from a prince of Montezuma, which were rulers of the Aztec Empire. Oh. So very, very handsome man, very famous um, man. Uh, he became a massive star and was like a leading man in cinema in the 20s and 30s. Um, so basically the way that he became really famous I thought was interesting because I've been studying film lately and like there's a lot of shady shit that's happened in film over the years. Yep. Um, when film companies first sort of like started making movies way back in the silent era and all the way through to like much later... Um, when a star, like when a actor signed on to a company, they could only make films with that company. They couldn't work for anyone else. And the contracts were around about four to seven years in general. Some were longer, some were shorter. So at the time, uh, the company that like became Paramount Pictures had Rudolph Valentino, super, super famous Um, sex symbol. And he was like the OG Latin lover. Mm. Um, Yeah. And that's like a super popular archetype that's actually like, still around today like uh antonio banderas is like a modern version of the latin lover but um like I frank sinatra oh no exactly everyone loves puss in boots um, <laughs> 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 um but like frank sinatra was one uh in his music and in his movie careers um so was robert de niro al pacino john travolta like they're all and like enrique iglesias they're all like versions of this archetype that sort of permeated our popular culture Um, And Ramon was one of the very early ones and he only really, like he would have because of how good an actor he was probably got into this film anyway, but he was promoted as the opposition to Paramount Pictures uh, Latin lover, Rudolph Valentino. He then was MGM's version of the Latin lover and was promoted as like a rival to him. Um, So it became a sexist symbol after his 1925 Ben-Hur film, which was really famous. Oh yeah. Because he had a very... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he had a very revealing costume he did indeed. that like people he got did indeed. fucking wild about. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like you look at it now and you're like, oh, okay, I've seen Thor in like Speedos, so it's fine. But yeah. like back then it was a big thing. Um, really sexy, really risque. Mm. Real sexy. Mm-hmm. El Scandalo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie has like a lot of bloodshed and shit, so people were excited yeah. about it. Um, so he tended to like play a lot of swashbuckler roles, like just good action. Uh, he was very good singer as well. So he played a lot of like musicals and things like that. Um, there's, it's really funny. I thought this was cute trivia at the time, like in Hollywood, uh, cause this is like 1917 sort of when his film career started. So very early cinema days, there was a physical therapist called Madame Sylvia or Sylvia of Hollywood. Um, and she was like a physical therapist for all of the stars. She basically kept them camera ready with like massage and particular diet and exercise techniques, which is basically just like move and eat well. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> she uh, published a tell-all book that was like, oh, I, when I worked for Roman Navarro, he slept in a coffin. It's not fucking true, but I thought that was great. <laughs> I love Of that. all the things for people to be like, yeah, that sounds like, you well, know. Well, it, it keeps you sleeping on your back. So that's good for like wrinkles and stuff. I feel him. Yeah. Bella Lugosi, who? Really? Oh my God. <laughs> now I kind of want to I want a coffin, coffin but Mitch Didn't says no. Mitch. Help your sister not? out. Get exactly. Lacey a coffin. Let us, let us have the coffin. 
And then he can just bury me in it when I'm done or whatever. So write in. <laughs> write in. Write petition. Get Lacey a coffin. Get the Weird Sisters Get coffin. Get Lacey a coffin. <laughs> Give I us want one. I want one. <laughs> I just want one. I use the coffee table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've always wanted I've seen that. a lot of uh, very bougie goth households yeah. that have them. <laughs> and I do like them. I think they're cool. My idiot 13-year-old ass ever since seeing Interview with the Vampire when uh, Tom Cruise kicks the coffee table lid <gasps> open and it's a coffin and puts the poor sex It's your coffin! Mm-hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> I just, Am I dead? I need a priest. It's like, oh. <laughs> like that, that's been my like idiot dumb goth child dreams for like close to 13 years now so thank you very much i would i love that you've just given me a very strong flashback of my friend kate and i who used to quote all the time of it it's a coffin it's your coffin my dear (laughs) 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 i love it oh amazing what a film film. anyway Um, sorry (laughs) anyway anyway so uh yeah uh ramon was in many many famous films like matahari benho we've already talked about uh across to singapore devil may care the pagan those are some of the bigger ones that people may know um but he had like a huge huge filmography so he was also in bonanza like he was on heaps Mm. of shit um (laughs) he was also though a closeted gay man uh, so he was troubled by this all his life. He had a super Roman Catholic upbringing and he continued to hold those beliefs. So he struggled like with whether or not he was okay. Like it was a very, very sad thing when you look at like a lot of the, um, what are they called? Autobiographies. No, wait, biographies. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. he didn't write them himself. Um, they like talk a lot of people that he was close with. Uh, he had a very like troubled existence in relation to his sexuality um he also because of it had a lifelong struggle with alcoholism uh supposedly mgm tried to coerce him into a lavender marriage which if you haven't heard of that term before is basically where mixed sex marriage between different gender people for the sake of appearances usually obviously between people who are homosexual just so it like looks as though you're not because that's not okay Mm -hmm. it was illegal in a lot of states until like the 70s -hmm. Um, and even in Queensland now, like there's been recent uproar about the fact that like, if you're a straight male and you, you could use a defense, it's something that still was in like the legal lexicon, um, that a man had tried, a homosexual man had tried to come onto you and you killed him in defense because you were so offended by it. Like that's something that legally can be used as a defense in Queensland up until recently, which is messed up. Our country is broken in so many ways. (laughs) Lots of them are. Um, but yeah, that's fucked up. Uh, so yeah, basically he refused to go into a lavender marriage, but like there's heaps and heaps of stars at the time who were in them. Um, he had many romantic relationships with famous men in Hollywood, including Rudolph Valentino. Yes. So the man that he was the rival for. Which um, is cute. Oh, Rudolph was. Rivals to lovers is such a good trope. <laughs> I know. Thank you, fan fiction. Uh, blew out my mic levels. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Me too. Very excited about it. Uh, yeah, Rudolph was bisexual, um, apparently. He died very young. He died at, like, 31, uh, and it oh, fucked God. people up. He's, like, one of the mm. first instances of people, like, going crazy and killing themselves because a celebrity had died. Um, so oh. that was interesting. But anyway, the allegedly the dual dildo that became Ramon's supposed murder weapon was given to him by Valentino. Oh, I know. Sad. Sexy. Weird. Um, anyway... So, Ramon had been really clever financially. Like, um, a lot of stars at the time, like, it's a big thing whenever you look back at a lot of these stars is they end up financially ruined uh, because the lifestyle is 
was horrifying, probably still mm. is. Um, but he had done quite well, so he owned a few houses. Uh, he'd invested in real estate, and he actually had like this incredible home in Los Feliz. Like I've looked up pictures because it's so insanely beautiful. Um, which basically, like, his business manager in 1928 had been caught embezzling his money and building himself an absolute dream home. Like, it's all white, and then it's, like... And this is in, like, Los Angeles, so where it's hot all the time. So it's an all-white house, all, like, um, sharp edges, uh, and then it's got, like, jewel jade uh, tiling all over it, and it's gorgeous. Like, it's surrounded by a jungle of plants. It just looks beautiful. You can actually look at um, pictures of it online now because someone's recently, like, remodeled it and made it even more modern. Uh, But, yeah, so he had, like, this absolutely beautiful home. That's not the one he was killed in, but just an example of, like, how well he was doing for himself. Um, so he took that house, like, old mate's dream home, when the theft was discovered. He was like, don't worry about the money, just give me that house. Uh, and then he continued to work in television throughout the 50s and 60s. So he hadn't just disappeared and faded into obscurity. He was still someone who was, like, relatively known, even as time sort of moved on. So naturally, when he turned up dead, people and the police other people as well but whatever the police looked into money as a motive um it was really high profile so like a lot of teams were assigned to it plus additional resources uh and they did eventually make his autopsy public um which showed that he had been bound with an electrical cord uh and he had been unable to free himself which was awful um his nose lips and mouth were all severely lacerated which caused massive bleeding and is what eventually choked him um the newspaper didn't report on the message on the mirror. Uh, it did report the name on the bed uh, and then the ligature marks that well, he was still bound when they found him, but the ligature marks showed that it seemed really unlikely he wrote the message himself after the attack began. Why would he write it beforehand, you know? And why would the murderer leave it there? Um, and obviously, how the hell would he do this to himself? Yeah. Like, So it didn't seem like suicide. Uh, so they assumed that the messages were the work of the culprit. Um, Ramon was still closeted at the time of his death, but it was like an open secret. Um, like a lot of circles knew about it, but it was still, uh, like laws against sodomy in his state actually made a homosexual relationship illegal. Um, and that wasn't overturned until like the seventies. So he was noted as a lifelong bachelor of the newspaper, which is a term that was often used for gay men at the time for people in the know. Mm. Um, yeah, so horrible death. Nobody really seemed to know why it had happened because the only thing they could say was, like, money must have been a motivator. But if that's the case, then why didn't they take this bejeweled dildo that 100%. they used to murder him? <laughs> so I assume, like, it either didn't exist or, like, money wasn't a motivator. Like, it's one of those two things. So within days of the murder, though, um, two men were arrested. Uh, brothers Paul, who was 22, and Tom, who was 17, um, and surname Ferguson. So police refused to give further details. They just said that they had physical evidence that linked the two brothers to Ramon's death. Uh, they were arrested in November, and a month later, Paul attempted to gouge out his own eyes while in jail. Right. <gasps> Brutal. Yeah. Oh. Um, he, oh. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't succeed, uh, okay. which well, I guess is something that happens when you try to gouge your own eyes out because it fucking would hurt. No, please. I would not do that. Yeah, right? Ugh. Go on a hunger strike or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
But he initially said he was attacked and they later proved, like, he definitely fucking did this to himself. He did not get attacked. Uh. Um, they assumed that he was trying to, like, garner sympathy. Uh, but in court, the whole story came out and no one gave a shit. Um, <laughs> so basically, in court, the story that came out was Paul and Tom had called Ramon and offered him sexual services. Uh, Paul, the older of the two, was a nude model and he maybe acted in some pornographic movies. Like, I found some details that he might have, maybe not, unsure. Um, so apparently Ramon didn't know about Paul's work in, like, film or in the seedier side of the business, but he had hired sex workers to come to his home before, and supposedly that was how Paul got his number, um, from a previous sex worker who'd been to the house. Some sources do claim that Paul had actually been seeing Ramon for some weeks and they had had a sexual relationship for some time, but unknown. Uh, but his brother, like Tom, the younger one, 17, uh, had previously not met Ramon before this day. So they hitchhiked to his house from the Midwest. Um, oh and yeah, I know. Like, it's a long know. way to get some D, um, though. Yeah. Right? So Ramon, like, offers them drinks, they drunk, they talk for a while. Um, then they decided to try and steal from Ramon. Apparently they decided this before they arrived. Um, the plan was to get him drunk and then frighten him into giving them the location of this supposed amount of cash that he had on the property. Um, apparently they thought he had like five grand stashed behind a portrait somewhere in the house or a picture of some sort. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very old I mean, school. like to squirrel money exactly. away behind shit like that. It's very like old school crime novel. Yeah. It also just reminds me of me, like, back in the day when I'd hide my bond underneath my mattress. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> shit that poor people do. <laughs> you know, like, oh, this will be safe. And then I'm like, that's not fucking safe, idiot. Yeah. <sighs> Forgetting where that's you've fine. put it is feels bad, worse than something happening to it. Like, oh. No, it's there. You're just an idiot. You don't remember where you've put it. <laughs> I think once I hid, like, a hundred bucks in a book and I don't think I ever found it again. <gasps> no. <sighs> Devastating. Someone at a at a used bookstore. So lucky day. Oh if god, it, that if would it got be donated. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't even want to think about it anymore. <laughs> Could you use that hundred bucks right now? <laughs> oh please. But so they did drink, um, and at some point, Paul goes into the bedroom with Ramon, uh, and shortly after that, they he begins beating the older man. Um, for some reason, Thomas decides to call his fucking girlfriend while this is happening, like. <laughs> Okay. Even if this is 1968, uh, 1968, like, you must have watched enough movies by now to be like, hey, don't call anyone while you're committing a crime. Like, just don't. Especially yeah. it's a bad Especially idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of like, all the super bad idea. Um, well, that makes me think that maybe they, like, he didn't know or there wasn't the intention to murder mm. him. But still, like, don't... Even if you're yes. just trying to rob someone and beat them up, like, don't. Just, just <laughs> Maybe be smarter. Just don't do it in general, but... Yeah. That's neither here nor I there mean, at this point, is go it? Far. <laughs> um, so Thomas is on the phone to his girlfriend, Brenda, um, and she later testifies that Tom said Ramon was going to get Paul into the movies and that was why they had gone to the house in the first place. Not mm. that there was supposed to be any sexual relationship. Um, both Paul and Tom were like quite good looking men. Like you look at photos, there's so many photos that pop up of them in relation to this case. Um, they're both like very classic, good looking white dudes from like the sixties, mm. you know, mm-hmm. they look like something out of Greece. Nice. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so while Tom chain smoked cigarettes and drank beer, um, he told Brenda he knew there was $5,000 somewhere in the house behind a picture. Brenda then said to Tom, don't get in any trouble. And the screams she heard in the background sounded a lot like they were getting into trouble. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so Brenda on trial said that he, Thomas, said that he, Paul, was probably just going to scare him with something or hit him maybe. As the phone call neared an end, Thomas said, well, I better go now because I'm going to see what's happening. I don't want Paul to hurt Ramon. Like the screams sound like maybe he was already hurt. <sighs> yeah, a bit late but for okay. that. <laughs> yeah, a bit behind. Um, during the trial, also, Paul's ex-wife, Mary, came forward. So we've heard from Tom's girlfriend. This is now Paul's ex-wife mm-hmm. or estranged wife. They weren't actually divorced at the time, but she left him. Um, she identified Larry, the name that was written on the bed in ink, as her brother, Paul's brother-in-law, who Paul blamed for all the problems of their failed marriage. Um, <gasps> basically, he'd done a really shit job of trying to frame Larry. <gasps> he's to frame his brother-in-law. Fuck. Because he wanted to fuck his brother-in-law. That's why. Oh. What? <laughs> oh, maybe. Ooh. I didn't consider this angle, but it's possible. It's possible, especially with something that we learn later, mm. but... Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, so Tom, fucking genius that he is, called Brenda again after the murder. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this is before he went to trial. They're no longer in the house. This is just like after that they uh, have killed him. Um, well, you know about Navarro. He is dead. When I bent down over him, I saw he was dead. And if we have enough money, we'll fly back. Otherwise, we'll have to hitchhike back. Spoiler alert, they did not have enough money to fly back. Um, in court, it was described how 69-year-old Ramon had been beaten unconscious, taken into the shower, and revived so he could be questioned further. He did not keep any money in the house. He only had $45 cash on him at the time. Every photo in the house had been ripped off the wall, so there was never any money hidden anywhere in the house. Um, he wasn't stupid, so he didn't leave money lying around the Mm. house. Um... And the court heard how the brothers allegedly intended to either blame one another or mental illness for the crime. So a friend of Paul's who also went to trial uh, like, and testified said that um, the brothers had come to his apartment on the evening of the 31st, so the day after the killing or the night after, um, and they said they were in trouble. And Paul said, Vic, I'd like to see you. We're in some trouble. Tom hit Ramon. Ramon is dead. Sorry, I can't say his name probably. Ramon. Ramon is dead. Um, the friend asked, how could you do such a thing? And Paul and Thomas replied, oh, sorry, Thomas replied, I hit him several times very hard and he's dead. So the friend gave them eight bucks for a cab and sent them the fuck out of there because. No, harboring fugitives, are you kidding? You probably should. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But probably call the cops. Mm. Like, I don't think he did, but he did stand trial for it. So that's good. Um, so Paul took to the stand and gave his version of the night of the murder and he said he went into Ramon's bedroom and found him lying on the floor and he was covered in blood and his hands were tied behind him so he touched him on the shoulder and he felt starchy tight like paper um, yeah exactly so while Paul exactly well something else that comes up later which makes me laugh well. anyway um, so from where he sat at the defense table, Thomas apparently stared fucking daggers at Paul and was just real mad, shaking his head like he couldn't believe that his brother was doing this to him. Um, Paul said he wanted to call the police, but Thomas stopped him and suggested they stage a robbery. I mean, that's what they were there for in the first place, so I don't know if it's really staged, but whatever. Um, 
Paul's attorney basically asserted that his client had no reason to kill Ramon because he thought the actor was a nice guy and that Ramon said he would make him a superstar. Uh, Paul said that Navarro thought I could be a young Burt Lancaster or another Clint Eastwood. So during the trial, neither of them would admit to it. They both blamed each other. Like, Thomas was like, it was Paul, I didn't do it. Um, Thomas, being 17, was young enough that he may have been pressured by Paul and his mum to take the blame, and eventually he did sort of give it, like, a half-hearted try where he was like, oh, yeah, I guess I did it. It was me. Because he couldn't be sentenced to death, and that's basically the only reason. Um, So instead of, like, either of them getting the death penalty, they both received life sentences for first-degree murder, uh, which should have meant that they served life. Uh, they did not. They got out less than seven years oh, later, both of them. Um, Paul did really well in prison. He picked up creative writing and he won an award for a short story called Dream No Dreams. Ugh. Which, yeah, I think you can actually buy his short story collection on Amazon. I think I found it as an e-reader. Um, read and it. a paperback. <laughs> I know, but I also don't want him to get any money. Because, yeah, it seems really likely that even if he didn't do it, he fucking... Went along with it, um, yeah. and it's all kind of fucked up. Because there's a, um, but un- a a law that was passed with uh, Son of Sam that prisoners can't earn royalties from published books. I don't know yep. if it's about their crimes or if it's just any published book. But, but that that's that only in thing, certain states. Oh, yeah. Um, there you go. It, it's here because everybody wanted um, Chappelle Corby to write a thing. A tell-all. A tell-all. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. no, she can't profit off anything. And yeah, she was warned course. she wasn't allowed to go into any reality TV or anything like that because that would be profiting yeah. off her crime. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. good. Uh, it's for the best. Mm. Um, I mean, you look at, like, OJ's If I Did It. He obviously wasn't uh, convicted, but mm. made money off of Super a did. murder, which is kind mm-hmm. of shitty. Um... So yeah, yeah, you can. It does. So unsurprisingly, the e-reader version that I found doesn't mention the murder in a very long, like, bibliography about the author. <laughs> hmm. hmm. Um. Thomas didn't do as well. Thomas is the younger brother who eventually said, like, "Oh, I guess I did it." Um. He was constantly in and out of solitary confinement, and apparently, he ended up with a pretty severe addiction to drugs. Um, oh, both of them were later li- rearrested for other crimes, and they actually ended up serving longer prison terms for the other crimes, which were not murder, f- than they did for the murder of Ramon. Um, Thomas was arrested for rape, and then later for failing to register as a sex offender <gasps> following his release for that Ooh. rape, which I think was the longest stint he did in prison, which is really fucked mm. up. Oh my god. Um, Fuck. Yeah fucking awful and even worse during the trial Ramon's sexual orientation was constantly called into question with like way more vigor than whether or not either of the defendants were guilty or innocent oh, for um, fuck's sake <laughs> yep. Tom's defense attorney uh, Richard Walton placed the blame for the murder on Ramon he said <gasps> quote back in the days of Valentino this man who set female flats a flutter who was nothing but a queer there's no way of calculating how many felonies this man committed over the years for all his piety. So basically he's referring to um, the anti-sodomy laws at the time, which is fucking awful. I just think that's just terrible. Mm. Um, so yeah, so neither brother spoke to each other or saw each other again after their prison sentences finished, supposedly. Um, 
And uh, this was basically like exactly a year before the Sharon Tate, James Sebring, Abigail Folger, and uh, Wojtek Frowoski and Stephen Parent murder. Oh my so God. the um, the Manson murders. Um, yeah. So this kind of got overshadowed. Like when a year later, yeah, this huge thing happened, yeah. and also on top of that, the fact that he was a uh, closeted homosexual man who was unfortunately uncloseted after his death um, meant that a lot of people like were awful about it. Oh god. Um, then in a nineteen ninety eight interview, Paul Ferguson, the older brother, finally assumed blame for the guilt, uh, blame for Navarro's death. So he apparently didn't know anything about the money that was supposedly hidden in the house. That was just all shit, and they trashed the house as a ruse. Um, apparently, Paul blamed internal homophobia for the rage that led him to pummel Ramon into his death. He said, quote, When he kissed me, I reacted like a Catholic, what they call homosexual panic. Some old guy in the desert says, kill homosexuals, it's inbred. I was too drunk to be civilized. Whatever my most primitive moral standings were, I reacted. It had nothing to do with Navarro, nothing to do with his being homosexual. It all had to do with how I saw myself and the fact that my brother was there and that he could see me in a homosexual act. It all had to do with my Catholic upbringing, with my 5,000 years of Moses. And that's the only reason why this whole thing happened, because that's what society teaches you. I think after I hit Mr. Navarro, I turned around and sat down on the sofa. I got up and went to find Navarro in the bedroom. This guy's dead. We didn't go there to rob him. So what? Fucking awful. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, in two thousand and five, uh, Tom Ferguson committed suicide by slitting his own throat in a Motel Six, and he left no suicide Jesus. note. Fuck. So it all went terrible. It's a fucking miserable story. Um, Ramon struggled with his faith and sexuality all of his life. Um, I can't imagine how hard it must have been to be a gay man in that time, especially when you're so in the spotlight, like you wouldn't be able to have a normal relationship. You'd never be sure of how someone felt about you. You'd constantly be in terror being found out. Um, at the time of his death, huge numbers of bottles, apparently like dozens of empty liquor bottles were found in the trash, suggesting that he drank heavily right till the end of his days. Um, he is buried in Cavalry Cemetery in East Los Angeles, California, uh, and his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is the 6,350th on Hollywood Boulevard, or it is number 6,350 on Hollywood Boulevard, excuse me, that's where it's located. Um, yeah, that's my story. My sources are Wikipedia, Bizarre Murder Weapons Ever List 25, um, com, which is like a history of Halloween gay mm-hmm. history which is really interesting um, Deranged Crabs LA uh, Murderpedia and also we should definitely do this topic again because I found two other crimes where a guy was murdered by his girlfriend's breasts and another one with someone and a prosthetic leg excellent, oh, lock it in so good. Yeah, that was Ramon Navarro uh, I would highly recommend that you watch one of his films, they're really excellent. good well done, thank you so much Yay! no worries <laughs> What a Lacey. Saga. What oh a God. Like, yes, Lacey. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I picked out... So, when I looked at all the murders, I was like, oh, there are a lot of people killed by a lot of weird, weird shit. But I was more into, like, the mass murder of people with weird shit killed by things. So, oh. <laughs> I went the military route... Because war is mm. 
murder. Just organized murder. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We commodified murder. Commodified murder. Um, mm. uh, but if you serve in our defense forces, fuck yeah, you're amazing. Well done. Um, but luckily, none of these things are going to be used against you because the Hay Convention would just be like, no, none of those. None of these. <laughs> okay? Pack it up, boys. Pack it up, no boys. The Geneva Convention Dr- is like, no, this is this not, is not okay. okay. Drones are the way. Like, that's what we're doing. Okay, cool. So the first one we're starting with is Greek fire. Ooh. Ooh fuck is Greek I'm fire? I'm about to tell y'all. All right. So. Good. Incendiary and flaming weapons have been quite popular used in warfare for centuries. We like them. We like the boom. But none mm-hmm. as mysterious or as fabled as the weapon Greek fire. Greek fire was the mm. secret weapon of the Byzantine Emperor's Empire's navy. It was liquid that was poured into a pressurized tube and fired at the enemy ship. It was a flamethrower. Like, if I look oh at... Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I looked at a lot of tapestries and a lot of things. It looks like a flamethrower, and they even mounted it on the shoulder um, as you, like, <gasps> boom, boom time. Fuck. That's so metal. I know, so metal. It sounds like what they based um, the uh, oh, the Battle of the Blackwater in Game of Thrones I'm going to get to that. Oh. Oh. Yay. <gasps> yes. Keep um, going, please. I do have... <laughs> Zach. I got pictures for you. By the way, I meant to put up pictures of my shit dad John List on Instagram, and I totally forgot. Um, but I will. I know we do this. I will rectify really that. Send it my way. <laughs> that's that's my bad. More than anything, that's my job, and I'm bad at it. No, I don't apologize. It's fine. It's good. It's good. I've just sent you um, a little um, picture of it on the chat if you guys want to have a look. So. I the do. liquid would look. light itself on fire yeah. and burn everything <gasps> it touched. And the reason it was used by the Navy, because it burned on the water like petrol and yes. could not be put out by any traditional means. So with its sort of destructive power and its nature, the modern weapon that's commonly compared with is napalm. And oh, we're, using this, we're, us- we're using this in 600 mm. AD. Okay. Oh in George R.R. R. Martin's fantasy series of novels, Game of Thrones, wildfire. Finish the last one. Wildfire <laughs> is similar to Greek fire. And it was used in naval. Where is Winds of Winter, George? <laughs> Sorry. Very passionate. Very passionate. I really need it. Okay. I've been waiting for a long time. So, um,. Wildfire, like Greek fire, was used in naval ba- naval battles as it could remain lit on water, and the recipe was closely guarded. So it's the same shit. He's used stuff from history again. <sighs> so with this kind of weapon, a lot of stories about it sort of fall into the supernatural categories, and it's become like this whole thing. Um, but here's what we know for certain. It burned on water, and in some interpretations, it was ignited by water. Oh, yep. Um, The things that could be extinguished, like extinguish it, um, were sand, strong vinegar. So if you had mild vinegar, Mm -hmm. you were fucked. Old urine. So if you had new urine, you knew like new piss, you were fucked. And it had some sort of (laughs) chemical reaction with it, and it like dampened it down. It was a liquid substance. It wasn't projectile, and it was also called liquid fire. Um. 
-hmm. It was used primarily at sea because warships were, you know, the tanks of the day. And when you have a look at the Byzantine Mm -hmm. Empire um, around this period, it owned all of the everything that the Mediterranean Sea touched, everything that the Black Sea touched. Then (laughs) you were fucked. But it was when they got on land that they didn't really get very far. But they owned all of the sea. All of the sea. All right? All of the sea. (laughs) All of the sea. sea. Um, It was used in siege warfare on land. You could put it into earthenware pots and sort of grenade style throw it. Um, You could also put them and like dip caltrops in it and throw them over. A caltrop is if a swastika and a throwing star had a baby. It was a caltrop, mm-hmm. and they would spin mm-hmm. and cause fire and fuck up all your horses. Not great. Anyway, um, other thing that it was wildly known for is that the sound of it sounded like thunder, and there was much smoke when it ignited. It roared much akin to the breath of a dragon. Oh, that's so cool. So fucking cool. That's so fucking cool. Now, we don't know what Greek fire was. Oh, damn it! <laughs> there's a lot of... <laughs> I'm sure. There's a lot of debate and speculation. Um, Quicklime, yeah. uh, calcium phosphide, sulfur, pine resin, that kind of thing. We don't know because every... Um, and if you captured somebody who made the Greek fire for the Byzantine Empire, it wouldn't get you very far because they... Um, each person only knew one part of the recipe. Nobody knew the whole recipe. Oh, oh genius. So, box. yeah, so it's lost to history. No modern scientists have been able to completely duplicate it, the recipe. Um, Fuck. And so it's sort of been this cool mystery thing and we don't know why, but also we can't use it because the Hague Convention is like... No, don't. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. But um, while I was, you know, dabbling in the depths of the internet, I did find that there was an Armenian man in the 19th century by the name, I can only say, uh, Kavafian. That sounds Armenian. He appro- You ask us like we're going to know how to say it. <laughs> so Two he, thumbs up from me. He approached. Um, yep. Good job. He approached the Ottoman Empire. Um, saying that he had perfected the recipe for Greek fire. But, and he was going to give it to them under the, um, like, deal that he was going to be placed in command of its use uh, during naval engagements. (laughs) Not long after this, he was poisoned by the imperial authorities and they never found out his secret. And all of his stuff was destroyed. So whether it was um, the Ottoman Empire saying, hey, we want to be military dudes and you can't be a military dude. You can be like a weak scientist on the side or whatever. Or another country heard about this and was like, no, the Ottoman Empire cannot have Greek fire (laughs) and (laughs) and kill this dude. (laughs) So we don't know. But he was murdered. Um, for it so that was greek fire next we Amazing. move on to yes the nest of bees the bees 
What the fuck? They have such cool names. Nicholas Cage is screaming. I can hear him. He's wailing. Not the bees, not the bees. Tell us, please. The bees. The bees. Okay. So, ladies, what are some words that should not be used to describe a rocket launcher? Um, Insertable. A good time. (laughs) What was that? Insertable. Yeah, you don't want that to be inserted into anything. Um... (laughs) No, inaccurate. A good time. <laughs> inaccurate. Inaccurate. Wooden. Crooked. Handheld. <laughs> Sometimes would catch a light for no reason. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no. These are all true really descriptions of the nest of bees, the weapon of choice for China's Ming Dynasty, um, who reigned for 1368 to 1644. Oh, shit. Long time for someone using a wooden fucking <laughs> rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, but China's been making gunpowder since 1900 AD. So, yeah. Yes. Um, nest of bees. So a large wooden tube. I put it up on the chat. Um, filled with 32 arrows with black powder. Why 32? I don't know. I think that's how many they could fit in the tube. <laughs> Couldn't find out why oh, 32. Wow. So... Just what we could get in there. Yeah. When it fired, it would spray the battlefield with arrows and they would scatter everywhere. Not very accurate, but that wasn't a problem because mm-hmm. if every single archer in your row fired 32 arrows at once, you know. Some of them have to go Some of them have to go somewhere. Big problem. So we'll fight in the shade. Do you remember in... <laughs> do you remember in Mulan, in the animated version, uh-huh. when the Huns fire their arrows through the smoke? Yes. On the mountain. Yeah. And it was fully terrifying. So imagine yeah. if all of those archers, instead mm-hmm. of firing one arrow, were firing 32. <gasps> yeah, not, not, not great. great. Holy Don't shit. Like it. So I have a great quote. A terrifying yes. quote. <laughs> Our favourite kind of quote. <laughs> when fired, like, if the whole army fired, there was as much space between arrows as there was between drops of rain. Whoa. Oh, that's so that's cool. metal. So metal. Fuck. That's brutal. Um, you would all be dead. So there are other chi- There's other variations. There is a Korean variation called the Hachua. Terrible. My Korean is bad. I'm sorry. They did. They tested it on Mythbusters. And oh, there's yeah. a great Ooh. episode um, watching it. It's not accurate, but if you had like a whole like row of them, because they were... Um, yeah, mounted on wagons, and had all these arrows in them, okay. and they used to have like carry like a hundred. Um, oh, the Chinese did produce a wagon-mounted version, and they had full um, full-sized rockets with dragon heads, and the rockets oh, are cool. like yeah. little feet. I put it in the chat. They also called. They oh, still called cool. it the nest of bees, but I think they should have been called the dragon wagon. Oh, <gasps> <gasps> they <so> missed <laughs> out. <laughs> They're really cute. Yeah, nice out. Excellent, actually. Oh, they are the little feet. Weirdsisterspodcast.com like for all of these images. Thank you. <laughs> Listen to home. <laughs> okay, next is the Yurumi. Have we heard of this? Oh. No. Mm. Nobody yeah, has. I, hear I found it on the internet <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> so the Yurumi is a type of weapon from India. I'm pronouncing it wrong, and I apologize. This weapon continu- consists of an extremely flexible metal blade that's wielded like a whip. <gasps> yes! Oh, don't like Soul that. Soul Calibur! 
Yes! Oh. So it's probably one of the most bizarre weapons the world has ever seen. And it is actually the world's most dangerous sword because yes. it's dangerous to wield as well as, you know, cut you know, other people. That was the first thing I think of because as soon as I like, say you put something like an iPhone cable in my hand, I have to whip it around a little bit because I'm dumb. It's like when you get the tongs out and you have to clack them. Yeah, um, and I always get work. myself in the face. Exactly. What if they don't work? Um, but yeah, I always hit myself in the face because I'm really fucking stupid. That's the first thing that would happen to me. I behead myself. Oh, yes. Fuck. So this weapon was incredibly difficult to master as it has to be wielded continually, kind of like a gymnast ribbon. Right? Oh, yeah. And that's how it moves. That is so thin. So it's not used in combat these days, but it lives on in two forms of Indian martial arts, and it's only, like, used by the practitioners that train at the highest levels, like the top super levels. Um, It also lives on in Magic the Gathering and Age of Empires 3. (laughs) Yes. So you know the weapon is good when it's used in video games. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's really cool and probably not going to work the way that we no. want it to. <laughs> so there's YouTube videos of practitioners um, learning how to wield the Yurumi. Um, some of them train with, like, fabric before they get to the sword. Yeah. Um, it is, that And when smart. they do use the sword, it's very anxiety, <laughs> anxiety-ridden anxiety for the watcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's describe it. It consists of a long strip of metal attached to a handle with a really fucking tiny thumb and nu- and knuckle guard. Oh, uh, you know, not like oh, the good no. cutlass vibes that the pirates use in the in like black sails or whatever. Um, yes. The blade is normally between one point two to one point seven meters in feet for wow, okay. my parents. Three point uh, three point nine four <laughs> feet to five point five eight feet, and some of them have much greater lengths than this. Um, some of the blades can be like three to five meters. Holy shit. Wow. 9.84 to 16 feet. There we go. (laughs) Now the width of the blade is 2.5 centimeters, 0.98 inches thick. And you can actually have multiple blades attached to one handle, like a cat of nine tails. Kind of. Oh, double dutch. That sounds. There is a horrifying Sri Lankan version. That has up to 32 <laughs> blades in one um, <gasps> handle and can and is typically dual-wielded with one in each hand. Oh, oh my God. I love this it. This is so cool. It's my favorite one. That's so brutal. I really want to put it in the story that I'm writing at the moment. I love um, it. Done. Write it down. Picture in the chat. Yeah, writing it down. So. Yes. Yeah. Now, this isn't the terrifying Sri Lankan one. That was too much for me. This is just like a nice, normal one <laughs> with, you know, <laughs> six blades in each one. You know, whatever. So. Oh my um, god! <laughs> Power stance, though. That's so fucking Power yeah, stance. right? I can't get that mm-hmm. low. No, that's some <laughs> Cardi B shit right there. So, oh. why? Why, for the love of God, would you design a sword like this? Um, it was sort of, it was very portable. It could be rolled up when it wasn't in use. It could be, so it could easily carry concealed, um, and it can be used as a, as a belt that could potentially cut you in half if you move wrong. I don't know. I was going to fucking say it. That's terrifying. Um, So, and due to the, like, continuous nature of how it has to be wielded, um, it kind of creates a defensive bubble around its user. And it is um, Mm -hmm. 
really, really suitable for defending against multiple opponents because you can go from all angles. And um, yeah. it can also curve around shields during combat. <gasps> so it can be used to cut off fucking hands or whatever they need to do. Oh. So a lot of armor um, doesn't wouldn't work against this thing because it goes everywhere. It can get in those really hard to reach places between your torso and the neck if you have like a big um, armored tunic on or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so fucked. Um, really, really great to watch um, with on YouTube. Highly recommend if, yeah. if anybody needs to. So what to. this thing reminds uh, me of. Can you spell it for us? Yes. It is, it is U-R-U-M-I. U-R-U-M-I. Cool. So what it reminds yes, me of to watch is videos. playing with my granddad's um, tape measure when I was like the steel ones when I <laughs> oh. was like really young and just slicing the webbing of my fingers by retracting it and like but like retracting Ooh. it, locking it and then swinging it around so it goes it like makes the washboard sound but it's like a metal tape measure so it's really sharp and I'm just like yeah I'm gonna play with this oh yeah the sl- the slap band <laughs> of death <laughs> you know I fully yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's yes. what it's like it's like that but more flexible. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Horrifying. Horrifying. How do they make it so flexible? Yeah. I uh, I'm it must be the heating process of the steel. Yeah. Right? How it's like forged, right? Mm. I imagined when you first started talking about it as though it was a long strip of material with like little blades attached to it or something. No. But that's fucking terrifying no. that it's just a long blade that's really fucking flexible. Yeah. It's one piece. It's one Fuck. piece. One complete piece. That is fucking wild. I love it. Now that's my favorite one. Yeah. Okay. I can see the YouTube videos. I'm watching a lot of that later because I'm a big nerd who watches a lot of really dumb fucking combat videos, battle videos, yeah, and with, shit. Like, combat videos. Weapons. So good. So good. It's because that's all I've been writing lately. So I've been like, <laughs> I want to know how to use a glaive properly. <laughs> all right. We are wrapping today up. <laughs> yes. One with more. One more. Yes. Okay. Please. Mm. So, in 1346. During the siege of Kaffa, which is now Theodosa in Crimea, um, the attacking the mon- name of my D and D character, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> named Kaffa, yeah. Uh, the attacking Mongols were losing. The ranks had been devastated by a strange disease that had followed them from East Asia. Now, the the Golden Horde, which was the Mongols' army, is to this day the most mobile army history has ever seen. I can't believe how far they got into Europe. And, yeah, so yeah. fucking crazy. Anyway. <clears throat> In a large-ditch effort to gain the upper hand, they decided to use the bodies of the Mongol warriors who had died of the plague. So the plague-ridden corpses uh, yeah. were loaded into catapults mm-hmm. and flung mm-hmm. over the city walls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 uh, yes. So that's why I named my character because <laughs> he's a plague bird. <laughs> my D D character is a plague bird, and he and he's trying to like become a necromancer. And I named him that because of this. And I know this is so good. I'm so happy. Please tell us more. <laughs> so it was in the hope that the stench of the rotting corpses would drive them out, and also it's like huge psychological warfare. You know, fl- like dead bodies. Like this is what you're going to be. You know, yeah. coming down. You know, while you're trying to get, like, your spices mm-hmm. or whatever at the market. Anyway. Instead, what the Mongols had in fact achieved 
was one of the earliest known counts of biological warfare. The city soon became rife with the plague and the defending forces retreated to their ships that sailed to ports all over Europe. Now, it has been speculated that this single siege may have been responsible for the initiation of the Black Death in Europe that would ultimately take the lives of 60% of Europe. And you can see how it travels. So in Catherine, Crimea, like in the Black Sea, the ships go through Constantinople, which is uh, Istanbul. It goes to Dubrovnik, uh, Venice. It goes to the bottom of Spain. It goes into Egypt. It goes into... And then those ships from there... Uh, go inland so you've got germany you've got and then they go around and then you've got london londinium (gasps) fucked this is where this is where it started (laughs) and yeah and um so we can't use sorry the Hague convention which is a convention that was agreed for by all parties in the world um to make sure that you know war was fair (laughs) we can't use biological weapons We can't use name palm anymore, so Greek fire is not going to get you anywhere. Um, what else? Yeah, nest of bees. We have now have rocket launches and that kind of stuff. We've modernized it, you know. Yeah. It probably wouldn't come down like rain, but you would be yeah. really dead very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, no one wants to fuck with the whippy swords yeah. anymore. Nobody wants to fuck with the whippy swords anymore. Fail <laughs> <laughs> um, on those. Uh, fun, fact, fun facts with Lacey. <laughs> when I was researching yeah. this, Things in the Hague Convention that cannot be used against soldiers are things like capsicum spray and tear gas. But they can be used <gasps> on protesters. <laughs> but they can't oh, be yeah, used in war. Of course. But they can be used on the streets. Yeah, That's very, very fucked up. up. On civilians. When they when there's like a bomb that goes like a smoke it's a smoke bomb. It's purely to disorientate. It's not yeah. bleeding from the eyes. That kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um so cool. Yeah. Um, war, war was really <laughs> fucked, and let's be glad that they don't exist anymore. All right. Sources. Um, yes. Imperialwarmuseum.co.uk. War History Online. Goliath.com. Ancientorigins.net. All that's interesting.com. Um, weburbanist.com. And uh, War Museum China. How fucking yeah. That was fantastic. That was so good, dude. It was really mm. fun. Thank you. Oh, I liked that what a lot. A solid episode. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Here's a question. Yeah. Such interesting things. Here's a question. If you were to be murdered. Okay. With an yeah. unconventional weapon. Ooh. How, how would you want to go? Because <laughs> I also thought about this during my. I'd want it to be yeah. something that was like notorious because i know that my efforts are not going to get me made famous but someone else's might and it may as well be my death um (laughs) so it should be something you know just wild something upsetting uh i wouldn't mind being murdered with an animal (laughs) i was gonna say an animal murdered with an animal i didn't know what one i just thought of the the thing with the pigs from is it from that thomas harris yes is it from Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels, or is it? Um, it is rock, rock and, and roller. roller. Lock, no, stock doesn't have pigs. Yeah, is it rock and roll? Yeah, yeah. Just be fed to some yes. Pigs. But I was also thinking of like, you know, um, gladiator style battles where people are forced <gasps> into a, a place with an animal. I was like, yep, okay, because 
I would definitely die. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even Why would you want that to happen to you, even in an imaginary spirits. setting? What's <laughs> wrong with you? Well, because if I'm going to go... JD and I had this thing a couple of years ago where I I really, really want to go to um, South America and I'd really love to travel, like, all through, like, the mm-hmm. Amazon and things like that. And he was like, but what if, like, you come across a wild jaguar or something? I was like, I would be okay with dying that way. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, that's metal. That's really <laughs> that's- cool. And also I make sure I put in my little well, do not hunt down that yeah. animal, please. That yeah. Me. Um, they, they would. would anyway because that's what mm. they do with man-eaters. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I just think that that's a dope way to go. It's not bad, <laughs> I don't is it? know. You've got to die somehow. See, I, I do like... Um, see, if I was going to die in an unusual way or be executed in an unusual way, I wanted to be here <laughs> for a really fucking good oh. cause. <laughs> oh. um, okay. I wouldn't mind being burnt for witchcraft. I of knew course. that was going to be your answer. Of course. Um, Excellent. You would. Poisoning yes. myself with... <laughs> A snake, like Cleopatra style. Like it has to be dramatic uh, if I'm gonna yeah, go that yeah. way. Um, you would be the most dramatic death that I would ever <laughs> like personally yeah. know someone going through. If I had to pick someone out, I'd be like Lacey. Lacey will have like the asp. She'll have her body painted in gold and lead or some yep. shit. She'll drink some mercury. Yep. Um, anything that'll make Lord it intense. Now. So much Lord. <laughs> I know that if I was like a Victorian housewife or like you know. Not in like the pet. Strong breeze took her. Oh yeah, I want that. (laughs) Cold hands. I want to die on a couch, and for that couch to be put in a museum. That's what happened to one of the Bronte sisters. I really do like the scene in From Hell. Oh, death couch. Didn't know that. Mm. Death lounge. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about the scene in From Hell where Johnny Depp's character, who is very nice, um basically like it's implied that he smokes himself into an opium yeah. stupa and dies at the very end because he can't catch Jack the Ripper. Um, I yeah, I could do opium. Be fine. Opium, um, den, death, I guess. And then, you know, the people who work there will have to like put your body somewhere else um, because mm-hmm. we can't have your, you like rotting up our opium den. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, it happened in a nightclub in Melbourne Revolver. not that long ago, so... You know. Oh, yep. good old revs. <laughs> revs till the sun in comes In case up. Uh, we... Yeah, in case we don't have... Um, uh, well, in case we have members who are not from Melbourne, there's a nightclub here that's notoriously awful uh, where someone died on one of the couches and wasn't discovered for, I think it was 24 hours? Or it was, was a three-day three weekend week? because they closed Monday for cleaning. And they couldn't get her up to leave. That's right, and they didn't close at all yeah. the rest of the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah, no, just a so drug OD. Nice. It wasn't like you know, or, 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 or no. maybe, but we don't know. Ooh. Or was it? Um, Foul play. I've I've never been like <laughs> clubbing at a straight club in Melbourne. I've only been at like gay clubs. It's awful. Don't, don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not. Like, good. what do you do? Do you just like play pool or something? <laughs> no, you just no. You get felt up by some dude who's like real not nice yeah. or attractive or good smelling um then you go to the bathroom and someone's usually vomiting Those and beers. maybe you get someone your shoe you should uh, stick to the yeah. carpet uh and you pay a lot of money nah, for give drinks me, yeah. give me fruity drinks and glitter and drag queens and that's good yeah thank you you have to spend yeah, the whole exactly. night with your hand over your drink as well which isn't fun mm. oh that's what um that's why you get um those things there's a product for that 
There's a product for that. There's a product, product for, for that. Um, and it's like just. Oh, that turns your drinker color. Oh no, it's like a stretchy thing. It. You put it over and you pop your straw in. Ah. Oh. And so it stops it spilling on you, cool. and it stops anyone chucking stuff in. Ah. Hmm. Oh. Well, that's why I like alcoholic uh, bubble cups because oh. <laughs> they have the yeah, seal the top big on straw. them, but it's you know single-use plastics like yeah. galoo. So galoo, halloo, halloo. halloo? What? Ben I don't know what that word is anymore. What's the word I'm trying to use? No idea. I don't know. None. <laughs> galore. galore. That's the word. It's single-use plastics galore. Galoo. What the fuck? Galoo. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Someone sent me home. We are home. <laughs> We're always home. <laughs> We're, We're never going to get I don't want to leave anymore. Um, I'm done. Yeah, I'm fine <laughs> with it. I've accepted my fate. <laughs> uh, thanks for the stories. Oh, Very you. cool. Very good round. Really yeah. liked them. Hmm. Um, we shall next see each other in yes. two weeks to do this all again. Yes. Uh until then, do we have any final messages? Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like some more Weird Sisters content, weirdsisterspodcast.com for all our socials, all the good stuff. Come talk to us on Facebook. Like us shit on Instagram. Give us a cheeky review on iTunes. We need the validation. We love you. Episodes available on YouTube. And we love you all very much. Big smooches. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye, Bye. team. Bye. Cease recording.